0: is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and to know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources, and you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm your host, and I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. I'm so glad that you've chosen to listen in today. We're actually talking about a little bit of a tricky topic today, which is about what to do when your child or your teenager feels let down by the church. Now obviously we would love this not to be a thing and something that never happens, but we know that it does. And so we just want to address that, we want to come alongside you and support you. but if this isn't particularly relevant for you, it might be one to save or send to a friend. And we do have something a little bit more general coming up, which is on the 14th of November, we're doing a pop up small group on tough times. Now, our pop up small groups are uh, just all you have to do is log on to Facebook Live at eight o'clock and you can just watch on your own um, comments, add your questions, join in with it and interact with it with that way. But I don't know about you. I get so much more out of this stuff when I do it in community and I discuss with other people. So you've got a couple of weeks' notice. Um, why not text around a few friends and invite them over to yours? Or if babysitting's a problem, you could just have a video call afterwards. Um, or maybe uh, we know some churches that set it up and actually show it on a big screen at church as well. Because that is something that affects all of us. None of us have peachy, perfect, sunny lives all the time. We all hit tough times. Whether that's illness or financial difficulty or bereavement or bullying or mental health or there's a million different things and Rachel Turner is really helpfully going to talk us through just how to disciple our kids how to manage ourselves during those times so I would say that is absolutely essential listening essential watching for everyone So do make it live on the 14th of November if you possibly can, uh, because we all know when there's a date in the diary, it's more likely to happen. Um, But if you can't do Tuesday nights, no problem. uh, You'll be able to catch up afterwards. But let's go over now to hear the conversation with Natalie Thomas Runyon.
1: Today, we're talking about nurturing your child's faith when they've been hurt by the church. For this topic, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Natalie Thomas Runyon. Natalie lives in Kentucky with her husband and two daughters. She's an author, speaker, worship leader, and songwriter. But you may know her best as the founder of Raised to Stay, a ministry for those raised in the church who are finding their own healing, calling, and voice in church leadership. She writes the Raised to Stay Instagram account, hosts the Raised to Stay podcast, and is the author of Raised to Stay persevering in ministry when you have a million reasons to walk away. I think you'll agree she's more than qualified to guide us today. Natalie, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to have you. I know you've got loads and loads of wisdom uh, to share with our our listenership today. I just wanna dive straight in and ask you, the church we read in the Bible is God's plan for his people here on earth. And yet we just all know of situations where it has gone wrong. What are some of the common ways do you think that our children might feel like they have been let down by the church while they're still under our watch, so to speak? So like we're talking maybe like under 18s.
2: I think for a lot of us, and I say us because most of us have probably grown up in the church or we are watching our kids grow up in the church a lot of it is the church's inability to have the hard conversations that the world is actually very good at having and so when our kids go into youth group when they go into young adult ministry and they're asking questions about things that are happening in their lives that the church is uncomfortable with the church sort of defaults and sends them back into the world to discover what those answers are when we as the church need to be better at taking Taking the time to answer those questions with biblical wisdom, with discernment, and with intentionality to meet children where they are. So that's the first area is just the church's inability or straight up refusal to talk about some of the conversations and topics that are plaguing our children in school and in life in general. Number two, I think we aren't making enough space for them to use their giftings. We have to remember there's no junior Holy Spirit. So when yeah. we have children who show us that they have a gifting in worship leadership, in speaking, in art, in creativity, um, in just their ability to be kind and the way that they pastor in their own way, to start calling that out at a younger age and not waiting until they're at a certain age or even a certain gender, male or female. Like sometimes we don't let our girls step into some roles because it's something we haven't been taught to do. But giving those children the opportunity to use the gifts God has given them is such a beautiful way that we can start to include them in the church at an early age. So I think it's twofold. I think it's not able to have hard and holy conversations well, and also not using them to their full capacity because we think they're too young. It's the same in any situation. If you don't feel, feel
1: heard, you're going to walk away. And um, so then taking it on to if a child is feeling this way, if they're feeling kind of disappointed or overlooked in any way by their church. If they've only ever experienced church as a good thing, you know, like you say, they've been raised in the church, it's always been something really positive for them. That disappointment when it comes can be absolutely crushing. How can we as parents, carers, leaders, how can we help them through this letdown? Um, Especially knowing that
2: sometimes the hurt has come to us too. We've been let down in that process we have two options. We can try to gaslight. You might hear this word a lot in, in uh, our modern day society. We can try to gaslight them and say, Oh, you're just, you know, overreacting or you're being misunderstood or, or whatever. Or we can choose to flip it and allow ministry to be a beautiful, uh, listening to be a beautiful ministry. And we forget that our kids, when we tune in to what they're saying, when we take them in the car for a long drive, when we take them out to get some coffee or something to eat, and we say... Well, unpack that for me. Tell me exactly what was said and, and who said it. And, and maybe we can just start together to process what you're feeling and not try to defend the church, not try to defend anyone, but to really be our child's greatest advocate as a good listener. And I believe that as they begin to unpack that, We too will have to slow ourselves down and to not take on the offense of what happened to our child and to attach it to maybe a way we've been offended or something that happened to us, but spend time praying with our child, asking them to journal out their thoughts and to be deliberate in slowly unpacking the scenario and the situation without trying to rush a healing or to defend a church that may... Truly, have hurt them. So, you know, I really believe we have to remember as parents that listening is our, is a primary ministry for us. Yeah, that's so wise because I think often what we bring to the table is,
1: it's kind of past experiences that then affect our ability to see something objectively. (laughs) So, what we're bringing is our hurt and our offense. And actually, when we listen to our child, we realize that they haven't been hurt in the same way that we have. And actually, maybe we're making things worse by piling our, you know, former anxiety or trauma, whatever it is, onto what
2: they're experiencing. I'm learning too, when I listen to my children, they actually have this ability to forgive much quicker than I do. And I believe it's that innocence that they have towards their fellow humankind that through, you know, for their brother or sister that I want back. I want some of that innocent back. And so our children will in turn minister to us Mm. as we are ministering to them, which is why we can't rush those conversations. It's so good. And sometimes the internal heart work
1: really needs to be done with us as parents and carers, not by our children. Yeah, absolutely. And Natalie, one of our Parenting for Faith key tools is unwinding wrong or lopsided views of God that we we can pick up in all sorts of circumstances, all sorts of situations. And because we, particularly maybe our children, often automatically view God through the lens of His church, because that is kind of how how God makes himself known to us often when we're sort of starting out on our journey of faith, if the church then lets us down, that can really shake how we see God. Can you walk us through the process of unwinding a view of God, which has been marred by a negative church experience? Like for a child or
2: teen, how do you start to separate the two for them? It's beautiful. You basically just defined deconstruction. Oh, good. <laughs> De- Deconstruction is another word that we're seeing a lot right now that Christians panic when they see that word. And mm. I want to encourage parents if your child or your teen comes to you and says they're deconstructing their faith, go back and listen to what was just said. It's an unwinding of some of the religion that we have put on our children because it's a church culture or it's something that we've adopted as gospel that actually isn't gospel at all. And this is where I grew up in the 90s in the modest is hottest culture, The a lot of shame around what women wore and that we were responsible for our brothers lusting. And there was so much shame that was put on me as a teenage girl. And when I went to College, I was able to detach or detangle or unravel from some of the shame and condemnation that people had placed on me that, yes, we want to dress well. We want to honor our brothers and we want to make sure we're being, you know, really godly in the way that we present ourselves. But that is the difference between how Jesus talks to us, that we're his beloved daughters and that we're chosen and that we're, you know, the the light of his eye. I mean we're all these things and not these temptations that we were so afraid we were becoming. And so that's one way I had to detangle or kind of unravel some of the religion that was placed on me by the modern evangelical church that took a beautiful thing from the gospel and exploded it into something that put shame on me. And Mm. so I believe that deconstruction can be healthy when we have the framework around us to rebuild and to look at the Bible, to look at the gospel truths, to see what Jesus wrote and read and said, and to be able to really internalize the truth of who Jesus says we are by his word and not the religion that has been put on us through organizations, institutions, and the church as a whole. Yes, because what you're describing is biblical deconstruction,
1: isn't it? It's, it's deconstructing what is not biblical and going back to the Bible and saying, this was Jesus. This is Jesus. This is our faith. This is what we believe. And so often deconstruction is a word that is associated with a, a deconstruction of scripture <laughs> and just picking out the bits you like. But I love how you frame it as, no, deconstruction is taking those things which are not in the Bible and working out what the Bible is really saying on these issues, which is so powerful and so important that we do that with our children. Um, Natalie, I know you've got a powerful story yourself told in your book of being badly hurt by, by a church that you had invested a lot in. Can you describe the process of healing after being let down by a church? Are, are there any things that you might recommend or, or things that we
2: should avoid? You know, I have to remind us all, I think, in the church that Counseling is actually a beautiful gift that when it's biblical counseling, when it's family counseling under the careful supervision of the word of God, that biblical counseling is our best friend when it comes to healing from church trauma, religious abuse, because it gives us a safe place to unpack things that have happened to us that maybe we wouldn't have even shared with our parents because it is so embarrassing, or it feels so violating, and so I want to just say that, and and pray for freedom that we are able to step into some counseling situation, spiritual direction, anything that might help ourselves or our children heal from this deep trauma that has come to us at the hands of the church. I know for me, I had to really just take time and, and remind myself that God is not in a hurry with my healing. We are in a hurry for each other's healing because we want to get people back in church, back in staff roles, back on the platforms. But however long it takes for us to start that forgiveness journey, understanding that forgiving doesn't always mean forgetting and that we can begin to see the church in a way where we don't see it as a place that's going to inflict pain, but bring us back into relationship with God and his people. That has been the biggest lesson for me is just not rushing that healing process. And that might look different for everyone. Some people may not be able to go back into a church. Some people may not be able to go back into ministry, but we would rather them take their time in that healing than rush them. And then all that happens is they get hurt again and Mm. they get hurt again. And we know that old wounds can still sting. That doesn't mean that we have forgotten that things can hurt us. People can hurt us. But when we're healed, we can go in with some new frameworks of how we're going to interact with people, how we are going to share with people and put up some protection mechanisms that aren't necessarily walls, but healthy boundaries Mm. that teach us how to prevent ourselves from getting unnecessarily hurt again. So healing is not linear. It has many different movements to it and God heals us all differently and in different timings. So to be patient with each other. Natalie, we strongly believe at
1: Parenting Faith that everything we go through, good or bad, can be an opportunity to nurture our children's faith. So I'd love you to just encourage us. How did your faith strengthen as a result of going through what you did? Because I'm sure you would not wish your experience on anybody. And anyone listening who's interested, you can grab Natalie's book and read read her story, her full story. But but you're in this place now of amazing kind of. Uh, ministry and influence and really with the ability to pastor people and speak great wisdom into their lives. So whilst we wouldn't wish your experience on anybody, God has used it for good in your life. So share with us, how did your faith strengthen as a result of going through what you did?
2: I really began to fall back in love with Jesus first. When when the people hurt me, when the church hurt me, I felt like I had nothing to fall back on. I'm a pastor's kid, it's all I knew. And so I turned to my journals. I turned to my Bible. I I had these key things that were rooted in me from a little girl that if I prayed, God would hear me. If I even cried, God would hear me. And that's really what I had to do throughout my late teens and early twenties was really trust that the God of the Bible was going to be the God that I could talk to and that I could cry out to you and that's really where i started healing was in the privacy of my dorm room writing my prayers out to the lord and trusting that if i called out that he would hear me and that's how it all started i think too my parents did a really good job of teaching me to reach out for help and i knew there were men and women in my life who knew jesus who knew our family That if I called them, they'd pray for me. If I needed something, they would be there for me. And I think for parents, it's easy to try to control our kids' Christianity, our kids' relationship with Jesus, but they did a really good job of trusting other people to nurture me in the faith. And so I had really healthy mentors in my life who helped me unpack some of the things that I was thinking and told me when I wasn't thinking correctly and when I wasn't, you know, believing what the word of God said. And I think giving our kids opportunity to hear from other trusted leaders Mm -hmm. is really valuable for us in this healing journey. And so for me, now I look back on it and I realize that God was always going to turn this into a story, into a testimony, into a way for him to make himself known. But when you're in it, you don't know, you don't know that you can't guess that. Yeah. So I think we just have to, you know, every day show up and say, even when people fail me, God is still good and God is consistent and he doesn't change.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you've got to tell yourself, one day this may be a beautiful testimony. You've got to hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you say obviously your parents were the strongest influence in that, as we we know to be true in, in our walk with Jesus. But that there were more people than just your parents that you you saw godly examples of what it meant to live for jesus all around you and that's so powerful isn't it and, and to me that kind of says okay as a parent i need to think about who am i positioning in my children's lives that they can look at and think yeah i can see jesus in that person's life because we don't raise our children in a bubble we it takes a church to raise a A child or parent right so that's so powerful that's important to have that that church community thank you for sharing that and natalie i'd love you just to share as we finish where people can find you online share a little bit about your book and you also just told me
2: exciting news that you're coming to the uk in march which is super (laughs) exciting tell us all the things well, I have a wonderful Raised to Stay family over on Instagram. I call you guys my stayers. And so Instagram is where most of us are at under Raised to Stay. You can also find us on Facebook um, and all of the social media platforms under that title, Raised to Stay. Um, the book is on all of the available platforms Amazon, um, Christian Book. I believe over in the UK, you have a few other different um, vendors who also carry it. If you just Google Raised to Stay, You can find it. We did hit USA Today bestseller list, which I know isn't like world bestseller, but it was good for the United States. Pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good for the United (laughs) States. And I'm proud of it because it means that you guys as the Raised to Stay family carried it Mm -hmm. and and really felt that it was something that you wanted to share uh, with those who had been hurt by the church or those thinking of quitting. And so that just meant a lot to me. And then I will be in the UK and we'll release that schedule soon next year, March, 2024. That's so exciting. Yes, if you're listening and you're in the UK, then Race to State is available on Eden.
1: And we'll be linking that in the show notes as well as where you can find Natalie or just go to our Instagram, Parenting for Faith, because we'll be linking to uh, Natalie as well. So you'll easily be able to find her from, from where we are. Natalie, this has been an absolute education. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.
0: like to end our podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation if you were designing a church what would be the most important thing to you Have a great conversation. If you have enjoyed this conversation, if you found it helpful, we would love you to support us to keep this going. You can either do that by making a financial donation at brf.org.uk forward slash donate um, or by clicking subscribe and rating or reviewing the podcast. That really, really helps other people to know that we exist, to find out about it and to spread the word about Parenting for Faith, which is super useful. So if you've got a moment to do either of those things, we'd be really grateful. We're going to be back next week talking to Sarah Walton and Linda Green about what to do when your child walks away from faith. So quite linked to today's topic and it might be one that you find helpful too. Have a great week. Bye.